Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. Doing good as well. And I would like to say it is about time that we got a true Christmas movie back in the <laughs> theaters for a couple of weeks with um, Die Hard's 35th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nyla Rose the other day on Twitter, I think she was she was trying to make the argument that it, for, to her to be <laughs> for it to be a Christmas movie, a film has to basically like that has to be like a central part of like its plot or theme. A villain? No, just like a movie. Like so, Gremlins oh. would still count, right? Uh, so that might actually count. But a movie, I think she was trying to argue, even though this somewhat I guess considered blasphemous, that Die Hard itself is not necessarily a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. Because it's not really the theme. I feel it's like just Chris, happening them. I feel like Christmas time. is more integral to that than like Lethal Weapon, though. Yeah. Because Lethal Weapon just has a Christmas tree at some point, I think. See, I, I'm in the weird point of view where I say, <clears throat> I don't say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I say Die Hard is a movie that takes place at Christmas. Christmas adjacent? Be- yeah. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it is. Okay, just off the top of my head, and without going to the cliche, like, Elf is a Christmas movie, right? Like, it is a – everything about it revolves around the holiday. Die Hard, if you had another event that took place after hours to have a big party there, then you could work it out. But that's where I stand on it. So I guess Nyla and I are on the same, uh, same page with that one. Where do where do you guys stand on Elf? Is it a Christmas movie? Yes. No, I mean, do, I... do you like it or do you are you kind of because I I like it, but it is not a movie I want to see every year. It doesn't have like the yearly <laughs> rotation for me. So I like it. I don't I don't watch it every year. I do like it though. Um, but I will I will admit I there was a period of time where I enjoyed most every will ferrell movie Uh, like i know that's a will ferrell is not to me will ferrell's will ferrell's best role ever was the security guard and um jane bob strike back yeah jane silent Mm -hmm. bob i i do have a respect for um talladega nights but not because of him necessarily i like talladega nights i like step brothers uh Oh, mom, not my shank and knife. Yeah. Uh, Grandma, not my prison chef. There's other movies he's done, which I've enjoyed. Like, I, I understand if people are like I I can't stand him. I don't like him. Whatever. Is, it's like, I'm not going to 
like defend him per it's se. Talladega Nights are like anarchy. I don't know what yeah. it means, but I love it. Yeah, that's Talladega Nights. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I am of the opinion. I don't have a problem with Will Ferrell. Sometimes he could maybe get a little much, but for the most part, it's it's goofy and kind of absurd. And I like goofy and kind of absurd. There's it's it's relaxing because I don't have to sit there and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. It's like, well, of course it doesn't make sense. Look at what you're looking at. Just relax and enjoy. The, it's kind of like watching dodgeball. I'm not looking for plot holes because it, it is it is goofy and absurd. And Elf is the same way. And I enjoy that. Now, I'm also not going to proclaim it's the best Christmas movie of all time, but it is perfectly enjoyable. It doesn't have to have a lot of substance to be perfectly enjoyable. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I forgot the other Will Ferrell role I like, but I can't remember the name of the movie. It's the Vince Vaughn Wedding Crashers. Him and Wedding Crashers. Good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> Because he was such like he was such an excellent just like slimy loser in that movie. Mm. Just just a random drop in too. He comes down the steps with the nunchucks. Yeah, like his uh, he's kind of a sleaze ball. Like he's your classic yeah. like wrestling sleaze ball in that movie. Uh, yeah. he, uh, let's not forget his best role was as the Ric Flair lookalike uh, in the first uh, car car salesman in the first season of Eastbound and Down with Danny McBride. You know, I never watched that. It's, oh. it's on my to-do list. Uh, so I actually, like, Danny McBride has done, uh, well, really th- three. He's increased currently in what, but he's done, like, for HBO, he's done uh, two other series. One was Eastbound and Down. And then he did one that only lasted, like, two or three seasons, but it was called Vice Principles, where he was the co-main lead with Walt Goggins. Okay. And this next, the, the one he's done now is doing now i think it's done two seasons i think it's done a third or just finished a third i it's it's not over yet i think it has i think it's continuing but it, i haven't seen any of it but it i'm already sold on it because he plays this the uh one of three kids uh of a basically a televangelist famous televangelist mm. and i think it's all about them being just like slimy rich assholes who are basically fleecing people um out it's of like the money. Kenneth, like, Kenneth Copeland's kids on yeah, the TV show. Yeah. Um, but that also stars Walt Goggins as like <laughs> as like the mother's brother. Uh, and I think his his name in the show is Uncle Baby Billy. And he <laughs> you just have to Google. I, I have seen nothing but like a clip or two. And it's just Walt Goggins just being a wacky character. And it's like sold. I'm sold. Like that's all you had to say. Like you should have been like Matt. There's a show on HBO. I'm like, okay. It stars Walt Goggin. Okay. And he plays a wacky character. Ah, sold. Where's my money? Let me just give you. It's like, it's the fry. It's the fry meme. Here, shut yeah. up and take my shut money. Shut up and take <laughs> I, I have to say, Jay and Silent Bob also has the best Mark Hamill appearance ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Cock-knocker. kids, it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. It's like, I, so why uh... do they call you Cockknocker? <laughs> so, Matt, um, I don't I don't know if I've told this story on air before, but I was at um, Lexington Comic and Toy Convention when Walt Goggins was a guest there and he was doing a panel and uh, he had a funny story about working on Django Unchained. But the first thing he said when he got up there is he gets up there and goes, "Okay, everybody, listen, 
I understand there is no bridge on Tate's Creek Road. You all do not have to keep telling me that mm-hmm. from the, uh, the justified pilot. But he told the story about being on uh, Django. <clears throat> I can't remember. Was the character what Billy Blank or I can't remember his, the character name for that one. But he said, you know, I'm looking cool, man. I got this cool coat, and this cool hat. I'm carrying this cool gun, feeling real good about it. And we're we're shooting the shooting the scene and I'm doing my lines and I turn to look at the camera and do the line and I look and there's Quentin Tarantino up on a ladder getting the right shot and there's Leo DiCaprio and Samuel Jackson and, and Jamie Foxx all sitting there in their chairs watching it and I went, oh my god, I'm in a Quentin Tarantino movie <laughs> and just fanboyed right in the middle of it. So there's a there's a, a genuineness to Goggins that I enjoy, too. Mm. Also, um, just random bit of trivia since it's wrestling related, but uh, The Boy and the Heron just came out, which is the newest uh, Studio Ghibli movie. And if you go mm. see the dub version, uh, Dave Bautista is a voice in that. Huh. And um, it's actually, I saw that this weekend. It's pretty good. Pretty much... Um, I mean, it's a Studio Ghibli thing, so they pretty much have giant parakeets as orcs towards the end, and it's kind of hilarious. But um, okay, um, it's it's a fun movie. If you go see the the um, the dubbed version, it has Mark Hamill, Christian Bale, William Dafoe, a couple other people too. But I saw the subtitled version. I would recommend seeing the subtitled version before the dubbed version because um, I don't. The, there's one character. I saw there that they're American voice actor, and I don't think it'll they'll pull off like the the character as well. Okay. I saw two movies I, this weekend, and both of them were not in English. I, I have to admit, um, the I, I have kind of a I kind I kind of have an axe to grind with the current voice acting trend they have going on, where they're just kind of grabbing like regular actors to do voice roles. And it's like you, there are, there are people who are specifically better at this studio. Ghibli is always like Mark Hamill and Christian Bale have been in like a ton of studio. I'm not hating on Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill pivoted from doing live action to doing voice acting. And he's done a fantastic job. I'm not hating on Mark. The thing with the thing with studio Ghibli though, is they've always done that going back to like the nineties. And that's always been kind of like their thing is using like big name, actors um for their movies like so it's it, they're they are they are kind of like their own thing but where i will say i had a problem with when they did that is when they made and i actually think that's why lightyear tanked is thinking chris evans was a good replacement for tim allen for lightyear was just stupid because here's the thing i i think chris evans is an amazing captain america i think he's an amazing yeah. captain america mm-hmm. I could give a rat's ass about him in any other movie. Uh, He's he not was, like his name is not a draw. His he was fantastic as he he was one of the only two good things in the first Fantastic Four movie as Johnny Storm because he was he was perfect for that role. Okay, I've killed the discussion. Anyway, oh, I thought you I thought you were I thought you were like I thought you were gonna say something, but no, like well I think. I honestly think the other problem is, is like there are certain roles that are too iconic to like replace when that person's still alive. And, and Tim Allen and Tom Hanks is Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Are oh, too yeah. iconic. 
Well, and it, I think that another issue that that had was that it was too hard a pivot from. It was too like, meta. It was too meta. That, that care. It's supposed to be the TV series that the action figure is based on. Yeah. But that's not what people want to see. Well, that's kind like, of what the, the cartoon was. They already did that. They already yeah. picked a better Tim, Tim Allen replacement with Patrick Warburton. I did not know Patrick Warburton did that. I'm 99% sure he did. I have did to go what? find uh, no, it. The might have been, it might have been. It was either him or it was um, Brad that did it. Garrett? Yeah, Brad Garrett. It might have okay. been. Or, let me let me look. Like, I I am Patrick Warburton amuses me in about everything he does. Like there was there was the um, whatever the run of the mill sitcom that had Patrick Warburton and David Spade in it and that sort of stuff. Like he was the only Patrick Warburton was the only part of that show that cracked me up. And it's it's like standard kind of hacky sitcom writing, but. Patrick Warburton delivered it perfectly. And yeah, wait, he was Buzz Lightyear what? and Patrick. He was Patrick. Patrick Warburton was Buzz and Buzz Lightyear in the Light Light Command or whatever. Mm. Okay. Where, where I think <laughs> I think my favorite Warburton role, well, other than Kronk because he's awesome as Kronk. Yes. But um, Putty and Seinfeld is just awesome. See, I never watched Seinfeld. And he got I, uh, memed off of that. The thing with him and like the New Jersey Devils face paint. I um, I don't like Seinfeld. I, I don't like that. the show. I don't like Jerry. I don't like like I have watched supposedly iconic episodes of Seinfeld and never cracked a smile. You're supposed to be you're in it for George, essentially, and Kramer. Uh, I'm. I'm not seeing it. Like George is essentially um, Larry David. Uh, yeah. Do you have, well, Chad, have you ever seen any episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm? I think I saw like part of one. I get too and uncomfortable that, watching that show. Like I have to really pace it. I can't marathon that because like, I just get too embarrassed for him sometimes. I, I absolutely love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think it's a fantastic show. Uh, I think Larry David is hilarious. I actually, one of the times I'm uh, traveling to Los Angeles to see my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, I actually, I actually saw Larry David at the airport. And I mean, by saw, I mean, he was like waiting for a cab or something like that. Mm-hmm. When I was like literally feet away from him, it wasn't like I saw him like from a thousand yards away. He was like a dozen yards away. Um, and he's just he's an awkward human being <laughs> he's so it's it, i love the show but it is very like acquired you have to like the off like the awkwardness the uncomfortableness of it sometimes because uh, he is a very awkward human being it's and, and much of the show i appreciate it's like it's it's a lot of it's improv yeah so like it it's kind of just bizarre scenarios that they do on the spot uh, there, there's a great, for example, this is one from recent. One, I'm just thinking of one that I, I still, that still plays in my mind sometimes. Yeah. Like they're, they're at like this golf club, uh, at like the restaurant of it. And they're all like waiting around. It's like him and like Richard Lewis and actually like Vince Vaughn and someone else. And they're like, just waiting around like for their food. It's like taking a long time. They're like, Oh man, like what's, what's going on? Like, why is it taking so long? And like the waitress comes by and she's like, 
it's like, oh, so sorry for the wait, whatever, like that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I was late. I, I had diarrhea. So what do you guys want? And she just like throws that out there and they just like like kind of awkwardly order. And then they just like just stare at each other in silence for a moment or two. And it's just like, wait, why did she say that? Why did she tell us that? And then none of them want to eat their food because they don't want to like <laughs> – eat the food Shad, that's being brought to them by a woman who just had diarrhea it's Shad, like i'm gonna entice you for curb your enthusiasm um super dave plays his agent marty funkhauser yeah he's yeah marty funkhauser that's that's super dave and he's in quite a few episodes i don't know i'll think about it so so brad it's not my seinfeld wife. it's not seinfeld if, if you're yeah you're, you're, my wife you my wife is like actually him. a shad but the point of the show is him pretty much pretty much the show is about karma like paying him back for being a dick bag every episode yeah um okay it like maybe. Part, of, part of the humor is waiting for him to get his comeuppance like that's like mm-hmm. what the humor is built on mm-hmm. okay maybe maybe um okay anyway what were you um, gonna say, Matt? Sorry, I was. I was gonna say that um, that my wife actually was upset because when when uh, Super Dave actually died in real life, like they they didn't have like a send off to him on the show or anything like that. They just it wasn't really addressed, and my wife was like bothered by that. She's like, they should have like like essentially like eulogized him or acknowledged that he at least put a like a away. banner on the front or something. Yeah. I will say this, like I, it, it's become like its own meme, uh, where if something like someone in in real life gets their like comeuppance or something like that. Hold on. Oh no, it won't work. Hold on. <laughs> I was trying to play like the theme. Okay, well never mind. That doesn't. <laughs> that didn't work out. Oh well, it happens. <clears throat> So, you know, we're this. (laughs) Okay, so that's what this thing is from. Yeah, Yeah, I saw something that I think is like some like conservative guy on on a like a talking head show. And he like said something that offended like some of the like women on there and he just starts laughing and then you know, like the curb your enthusiasm music plays. And it's like, it's kind of like it was to me, it was like a funny meme because it's like, he got a, like a last word and then was just, like laughing at them being outraged and like the curb music plays. It's like the, it's almost become like the universal, like, like someone gets their was come it, up. Was it Patrice telling that woman, if she ever heard of the angry pirate and going, um, covering his eye going R while the Fox news host, like literally like, is shitting his pants laughing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, but that that would have perfectly worked for that. Ah, Patrice, I miss Patrice. Yeah. I think he got in trouble for that. I think he got banned off of Fox for that. Probably. I would kind of like to see that then, but... It's, it's, on, <clears throat> it's on, um... It's on YouTube. I bet it's on YouTube, yeah. I'll just have to... It's not, it's not the one where he told that woman, like, she... Like, she's not funny, so she doesn't get humor. That's, like, a different clip. Okay. All right, so we're recording this in the uh, the Christmas season, and we were, we were kind of joking with each other about what we were going to do, and we stumbled onto an idea. Okay, so I just want to say, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a 
is a bit of a like a oh, fuck I can't talk to I'm sorry I had a migraine last week people and um it's fucking with my head I realized today just as a fun fun aside of the horrible panic of my morning is I realized this morning that I had a migraine last week I'm like oh well I didn't really have anything terrible cognitively and then this morning like to my horror I realized like I completely memory dumped like three days and like I was waiting for the like these conversations about these trades I was doing for something else. And I was like, why don't these people answer me? Then I looked and like, I realized like I was the one holding it up. Cause we had had a conversation during this like blackout period. So I had like mm. two hours of like total panic realizing like I completely like from Wednesday to Friday of last week, I have no memory of anything, even though I completely operated like a normal person. So that's, that's scary, dude. Yeah. It was like, Oh, I'm sorry that happened. It settled down, but I was like, Oh, that's, it's kind of creepy. Like, well, I guess I'll just put a, a tracker on myself next time. <laughs> well, the, the problem is, like, I, I, I don't get them very often. I get one, like, maybe every four years. Yeah. And they never feel the same way, and the aftermath is never the same. So, like, I don't right. have a good system for it other than uh, if I think I have one, I just have to shut it all down. Because if I try to push through and, like, act normal, yeah. it just makes the aftermath, like, worse. Gotcha. But uh, this is some foreshadowing there. I remember it. So I just want to say Hallmark's doing God's work, like single-handedly <laughs> keeping generic white guys like in um, <laughs> in in a, like a line of steady work. Uh, so I I was at a party, an adult party. We got a babysitter on Saturday night, and went to this party. And the host of the party in a different uh, like room at the house said at someone's house. He had on a loop just Hallmark movies, but the trailers for Hallmark Christmas movies, and they did not seem like they were real. They were like, <laughs> it's like no way, you're like you're ribbing me, like these are real movies. But one of ours for one of the films was Dermot Mulrooney, and it's like Dermot Mulrooney. Like when was the last <laughs> time you heard about that guy in like the last like 25 years? <laughs> Usually yes. it's a couple then, names you to know. To your point, like that's they're employing the Donald Mulroonies of Hollywood. Well, usually you don't even know who the guy is. Like sometimes, um, you know, like the name of like the main actress, and you know her from something. Like, like I, my wife watched one. I think like Lacey Chabert. Chabert. Was yeah. Was Lacey the, Chabert. Yeah. Yeah. Was the was the main actress? I'm like, I haven't heard that fucking name in like 20 years. And then I had to like look up what she was like, oh, she's in Mean Girls. That's what I know her from. But yeah, yeah, that's like that's kind of like what yes. it is. Or it's like, oh, I recognize that like face like there. So so it, we we got to laughing and discussing. And so <clears throat> my wife is one of those people that the um, 365 day a year uh, Christmas stores is for. And so, <clears throat> well, we've got what I what we decided to do for kicks is we have or I have a few Christmas movies here now uh, Hallmark style Christmas movies. Not even a lot, no, but I'm gonna let's just say they they like there's probably hundreds of these things like they they yes. run like oh, a yes. channel that's like 24 7 like hallmark i think yeah. hallmark christmas is like its own channel yeah so what i have for you here is i have 
I have some Hallmark Christmas movie titles. And supposedly, <laughs> these are the good ones. So what I'm going to do is we're going to be on the honor system. Because I don't want you guys trying to, like, figure out. Don't don't look it up. But Yo, I'm going to give you guys. I, I can't, like, with this new microphone. Um, if, I, if, my, if my phone gets too close to it, I get that, like, old school, like, beep, 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 beep sound. And you can hear uh, me click on this. So I can't cheat. Okay. So. I'm going to give you guys titles and I want, we're going to see how you construct this, um, the plot for this Christmas movie based off of the title I give you. Okay. okay. I'm going to be guessing the, um, profession of the, <laughs> the guy that steals the big city CEO's, uh, girlfriend. <clears throat> All right. So, I'm going to start with – and then after – what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the title, and I'm going to read you any notable names that are in this. Like I don't – there's a number of names in this that it's going to be like, I don't know who the hell you are. But if there are any recognize, names I recognize for actors, I'll read them for you, okay? Okay. All right. <clears throat> we are going to start with an offering – from 2013. This is a movie starring Candace Cameron Burke and Alan Thicke called. Wow. Wow. Yeah, now Alan Alan Thicke is not not the love interest, but Candace Cameron Burke and Alan Thicke in a movie called Let It Snow. OK, so I'm going to say based on their age, this is a, a retirement home romance. <laughs> so, um, so Candace is obviously dating some retired CEO that's rich, and she falls for a retired, hmm, we'll say trucker. <laughs> All right. And I don't know. There's Christmas trees or something. We'll we'll go with that. Uh. I'm going to go. How old was Alan Thicke in this? Jesus. He's sadly no longer with us. Wasn't right? his, um, wasn't Robin Thicke, like, wasn't his song out about this time? I do not remember. Probably. I, I don't, uh, I don't have a good answer for you. I'm going to say that can it's Candace. Oh, wait, it's Candace Cameron. It's like the full house. Candace, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan Thicke. I'm gonna say like Alan Thicke plays her dad, okay. and she yeah. uh, she's some sort of like big city uh, attorney or or businesswoman, uh, and she's coming back home somewhere probably in the Midwest. Uh, Let's say her Missouri, bumfuck Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bumfuck Missouri. <laughs> uh, and she's coming back for the, the holidays, but. She discovers that her father, Alan Thicke, like his, his uh, he, let's say he runs like some sort of like local business, like let's the, say, the hard, um, hardware store. Okay. I was going to say uh, the, the local rec center. <laughs> you're going to yeah, put Alan. No, I'm going to save the rec center one for a later You're going to put Alan Thicke in a flannel shirt? Is that yes. what you're going to do? Yes. He's going to, maybe a beard too. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen Alan Thicke with a beard, but like a, maybe a nice bushy beard uh, running the hardware store. Uh, but the hardware store is not doing well because the new corporation 
the big box retailer is going to build and, and it's going to take all the the hardware sales. Uh, they're going to put like a Home Depot down there, and they don't they don't that all the little hard local hardware stores just going to be run out of the business on the rails. Uh, so she goes down there, and she actually is in conflict with uh, the the head construction guy who's going to be building that big box retailer. And he's a blue collar guy and she falls in love with him, though. And then he decides to not build the big box retailer uh, instead. So he's going to forego that huge construction contract for true love with Candace Cameron. Now, that's is, that's is my Thick, idea of the plot. Is Alan Thick complaining that he's only got two weeks till retirement throughout mm-hmm. all this before he gets like crushed by like a box of hammers <laughs> or a pallet of hammers? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to write in uh, that that uh, tragedy in this. Uh, trying to keep a little more lighthearted, but that's uh, that's my idea of the plot. Okay, so just while I was looking at this, I had a little bit of <clears throat> mental whiplash that I didn't realize. Candace Cameron Bird is actually Kirk Cameron's sister. And I am not going to be putting any Kirk Cameron mo- Christmas movies on this because, no, please just like. Has he done a Christmas no. movie? Yeah, it was called War on Christmas. Kirk Cameron pretty much exclusively works with pure flicks now. Well, yeah, because he did um he did the. I don't know how Left many behind. Did, yeah, that's the only. And then. It, it, he okay. The, it, it, he and his oh, wife God. were the main characters in that, weren't they? He did some other. Yes. Some other one around that time. I don't remember. Um, he uh, did one called Fireproof, which is just terrible. Of. Just and then, OK, you know what? There's a there's this line of pure flicks films that I have been forced to sit through. And I am <clears throat> I am a good Methodist boy and all that sort of stuff. And I hate those movies. I hate them so much you know, oh my god you know what's funny but, is they've been doing that forever and angel studios has kind of been stealing their thunder because they actually put out stuff people want to see <laughs> well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hit that soapbox because i'll i'll lose well, I mean, my mind i but... mean um angel studios did sound of freedom so they've already had like a bigger hit than, than anything, yeah than well that's that's because pure flicks is not trying to pure flicks is is just preaching to the choir well, and they're, they're like oh look there. at they're just trying to get their stuff on DVD and um, whatever your local yeah. religious it, channel is. Well, it's it's oh the rubes will buy this, so we'll just make it. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> Matt, you were closer than you might think, ah, and yet not terribly close at all. Okay. Um, you were correct that uh, Alan Thicke does play Candace Cameron's uh, father. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Here, the, the featured review from IMDB has a better synopsis. So here's here's what I'm going to do for you. It's we're, I'm going to go through this way. This is one of those Christmas romance movies that the Hallmark Channel specializes in. It stars Candace Cameron Bure as Stephanie Beck, a hospitality industry exec who is sent to the Snow Valley Lodge by her father to assess its profit potential as oh, the newest man. acquisition by the firm. I was going to uh, make a joke about it being a snow lodge that they had to save. <laughs> God damn. You know what, then? Matt wasn't far off with her profession, though. He was in the Yeah, it's realm. true. Hang on. I'm still going, though. There, she meets Brady Lewis, played by Jesse Hutch, the son of the owners of Snow Valley. From the snart, it's an oil-and-water relationship with no apparent possibility for romance. But they do have one thing in common. They harbor no affection for Christmas. 
though for different reasons. Stephanie and her father do not celebrate the Christmas season. She lives in Arizona and has never seen snowfall. Brady, on the other hand, was raised with all the trappings of Christmas at Snow Valley, where the, they enshrine all the traditions and dedicate themselves to making the season special for their guests. Okay, However, can, family, can I, I, have, I have a bitch with this plot. In a plot hang on, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. However, family conflicts have soured him on the yearly celebrations. Stephanie Beck, Stephanie Beck is a role designed for beer. <laughs> she does a convincing job of showing us the changes in her character. Though most of the plot is predictable, her enthusiasm carries the viewer along to share in the magic of Christmas. I think I might have seen this one. <laughs> so I have, I have a big issue with this plot point. Go so, for it. Um, them saying she's a big company exec and she hasn't seen snow, like, come the fuck on. Like, she would have traveled as an executive if she's seen snow. Like, that's a big plot hole. It said she'd never seen snow fall. Yeah, it's still a lot. Yeah, I know. A, I know. I know. That's 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 that. It, it's it's crap. But does a does a does someone go around taunting a little boy calling him Stan Dersh in this? <laughs> Darsh. I don't know. Matt, how how do you feel? You got kind of close. Uh you know what? I feel pretty good. I I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't get it, but I I, I didn't. I felt I, I was on the right wavelength, so hopefully yeah. I'll improve with the future it's, ones. It's sad that I went for the 80s joke of the Snow Lodge, like, rec center in the middle of that. It's a total joke, and I wasn't that far <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let me grab a different one here. Uh, I swear, this... I think I might have seen that one, but I bet, like, I bet you they have had 80s, 80 of these, like, with, like, some uppity-up, like, big wig, oh, it... like, chick and that, like... A snow lodge with like some c-list celebrity is like the owner oh i'm sure with someone that hates christmas so yeah all right <clears throat> that was let it snow dear god save us all all right next one i'm going to is going to be called a kiss before christmas this features ethan holt and terry hatcher no james denton is the actor's name. Ethan Holt's the character name. James Denton and Terry Hatcher. A Kiss Before Christmas. Uh, 2021. So Terry Hatcher would be like... 50-ish? Wait, wait, which... What what year did this movie come out? 2021. Yep, two years ago. How old would Terry Hatcher be then? Would she be like in her 50s, or would she still be in her late 40s? Let me... (laughs) I have to look to determine this sorry i'm not cheating i'm just looking up terry hatcher's age okay so james denton looking him up yeah uh i guess he's most famously known for uh i guess he had a role on desperate housewives which i never watched but it was a popular show Mm-hmm. uh that's the thing i think people know him from okay terry hatcher would have been 57 for this role. well 57 or 56 whenever well he james james denton is currently 60 so that he would have been like 58 so this is definitely like an an older romance <laughs> type of film okay kiss before christmas um okay so i'm, I'm actually gonna break the formula here a bit all right okay so terry hatcher is like We'll go big town lawyer. Okay. Recently divorced. 
Okay. There may or may not have been infidelity. We'll say no because this is Hallmark. That's probably playing it a little too, um, a little too blue for their their channel. So she is going home to kind of like, I don't know, rest and relax for Christmas. Maybe like spend some time with the family because you know she got divorced from her hut. Divorce slash separated. We'll we'll go. We'll we'll give myself some leeway here. And then um so we'll say she's going home and then we'll say what's what's the other guy's name? James Denton or Yeah. The character name is Ethan Holt. Okay, so we'll say Ethan Holt is the mayor of the town and he's causing some sort of <laughs> issue for her parents we'll say her parents own like a farm and we'll say during this disagreement they fall in love and you know then it saves her parents farm or whatever we'll say a highway's coming through or something like that a highway okay all right it's my turn now yep okay I'm going to go that this is kind of like, a, I'm going to say they could do like a, essentially like a, a ring of swords of It's a Wonderful Life. I'm going to say that uh, Ethan, Ethan, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> James Denton and Terry Hatcher, that they're already married. They're already married. And he is the uh, mayor of their small town. And she is his wife of many years, who is a successful businesswoman. But there is uh, strife in their marriage. She doesn't feel appreciated. She feels he's always working as mayor of the small town. Uh, and she becomes very uh, disillusioned by their relationship. But then something happens, maybe like a, a, a car accident. She bumps her head. But she sees life, uh, how it would be if they had never gotten married. And she gets very uh, – it's very dark and bleak. She sees that her life would have been better off uh, w- married to him. Versus not married. And so at the very end, like, she realizes how uh, he, she should be appreciative because even though he's he works a lot, it's because he, he cares a lot about her and, and all the other people in the town that he's the small town mayor of. Uh, so they come together and she realizes that actually their relationship is beautiful. So that what's that, that's what leads to – what's the name of this film? A Kiss Before, a kiss Christmas. before Christmas. That's yes. what leads to the, the, the effemonious Kiss Before Christmas. <laughs> they kiss passionately <laughs> under the mistletoe at the end of the film having re- reconnected. That's my romantic take on A Kiss Before Christmas. What a okay. fucking dumb name for a movie, by the way. Okay. Uh, they're all, all right. dumb. They're all terrible. <laughs> All right, guys, it's buckle up because you have to get Christmas in there. So I mean, you're kind of limited in how creative you can be. All right, guys, buckle up because because oh, you you just just buckle up, okay? Oh, God. <clears throat> okay. It's Christmas Eve, twenty years to the day that Ethan Holt and Joyce Hollander met when they were stuck in an elevator together on the 18th floor for four hours in the office building where he still works as project manager for Bellingham Development. Wait, wasn't this an episode of Archer? <clears throat> Just hang on. <laughs> Let me get through this. While Ethan loves history teacher Joyce and their two mid-teen adopted children, biological siblings Colin and Trisha, he is not fully invested in their lives and focusing on his problems. The pull within him to uh, more pronounced as Joyce and Colin, soon heading off for college, wants to go back to school herself. Wow, that is a sentence. 
in pursuing what was her original career to be a lawyer, something Ethan dismisses. Ethan laments not having not gotten ahead in the company and being the good guy, as opposed to Vice President Sean Doyle, who, having started out at the same time in the company as Ethan, does a fraction of the work in cutting corners, but has steadily moved up the ladder with his cutthroat attitude and focus solely on the bottom line with no regard to the negative effects on the people with whom he deals. Dear God, that's a run-on sentence. I still sentence. don't know what the hell this is about. Okay. As Ethan contemplates complying to a request by Sean to buy out uh, by whatever means the sole holdout stalling the development project, this request to get Sean out of a lie to President Rona Bellingham succeeds in the task – God, this is so badly written – which may secure his promotion to executive ranks on a recommendation by Sean DeRona. Ethan pours his heart out at the train station to a train station Santa, wishing on that day 20 years ago he had got on the elevator with Sean to make a meeting with Rona that led to Sean's promotion instead of getting on the elevator with Joyce. Santa grants Ethan his wish as he awakens on December 1st of this year to find himself now co-partner in the company with Sean and Rona having retired. <clears throat> While he has all the money and authority he wanted, Ethan, in this alternate life, has done so Sean's way. He has not only not married Joyce, which means the the, uh, the two of them have not adopted Colin and Tricia, but Joyce, now a crusading lawyer, is fighting him on the company's development projects. Ethan learns from Santa he has until Christmas to figure out what he wants and how to achieve it in this new life, which could mean losing any memory of his past life forever. Well, Matt was kind of right with the yeah. it's a wonderful life thing, but yeah, dear, yeah. Dear God, I've I've had an organ removed in in the course of my life, and that sounds more fun than this movie. <laughs> this took way too long to explain. It yeah, did. It was, did. The storyline. I'm like going off of IMDb. I like mine better. If, I like if, my if you wrote that, better. you can cut like literally everything so after the elevator story to the part where Santa grants him a wish. Yeah, you can. I'm reading this off of IMDb, okay? Like, that that was honestly just the best place for me to find this well, stuff. I know, I know, but, like, whoever wrote that, like, there is, like, such minutia in that thing that you just don't need to know. Edit. Yeah. Edit, please. Less words. Now, the thing that, makes, that got me thinking was it reminded me of a 2000 movie with Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone called Family Man, which did the inverse of what that movie just did. Where he's like a, a high-powered executive, and he thinks back on his college girlfriend that he walked out on, which is actually really good and heartwarming and stuff. So um, it's a nice watch. Okay, all right. How are you guys feeling about that one? I wonder if I don't, uh, I don't like that. I like mine a lot better. Yeah, yours is better. <laughs> I wonder if um, Family Man is the movie that afforded um, Nicolas Cage the right to buy, like, a T-Rex skull. I don't know. It is fun, though. It is, that that movie's pretty good. I watched it by accident once, and I, I enjoyed it. All right. God, this this <clears throat> game is so much less fun after that last description. Like, I just feel... <laughs> can you ever, have you ever, like, just been, like, listening to something, and you can feel a part of yourself, like, slipping into the shadow realms? <laughs> Like that was that all right, all right. synopsis. This next one, this next one has a much shorter plot synopsis. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So this is a movie starring Nicolette Sheridan, Bart Johnson, and Amanda Foreman. Nicolette Sheridan was one of the writers with Jack Angelo. It is a movie called 
the Christmas Spirit. Was okay. um was Nicholas Sheridan in Desperate Housewives? Uh, let me look. Is this another Desperate Housewives connection? Uh, <laughs> movie that uh I, yeah, that I've yeah. She was she was the and... the blonde woman, yeah. So I thought that name sounded familiar. Eighty Brit, yeah. Okay, that's oh my look. god, looking it up. Terry Hatcher was in Desperate Housewives. Yeah. So this is where I don't Desperate know. Housewives go to die. <laughs> <laughs> they just have new life as uh, as <laughs> on the Hallmark Channel, yeah. Stars. All right. <clears throat> so the movie title is The Christmas Spirit. That she still wrote. Yes. Who wants to go first? Um, I'm trying to. Th- could you say that? So, you listed two women and a man as the main characters. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, do it, say it again. Say it again. Okay. I feel like I need more. Okay. So, the Nicholas Sheridan, Amanda Foreman, and Bart Johnson are the apparently the leads written and directed by written by Jack Angelo and Nicolette Sheridan directed by Jack Angelo the Christmas spirit okay is there is there anything Literally, Nicolette Sheridan is the only one that only name that I even recognize so yeah. not shocking yeah so is there is there anything is there anything in the synopsis I just need one little hint is there anything about Mormons in the synopsis before I start piecing this together <laughs> there is nothing about mormons okay. in this mormon Who the hell is bart too... johnson i don't know any of these bart people. johnson i don't know man it's it... he just read the top like billing yeah i just read the top billing i have no idea he probably hey, looks like want... some he looks probably looks like some like penny store like brad pitt or something okay i okay i'm gonna go first uh, um, I, I, i'm uh, uh, bart johnson okay an actor and writer known for, oh my God, are you ready for this? <clears throat> high School Musical, High School okay. Musical 2, and High School Musical 3 senior year. Right. He is married to Robin Lively. Uh, he's like, Matt, look him up. He is like as generic as like generic gets. All right. I'm going to go right, first. Uh, go for it. it. So the title is Christmas Spirit. Yes. Okay. I'm going to guess they are going to do a whole, uh, like, rip-off play on uh, Scrooged, uh, you know, Christmas Carol. So it's going to be Nicolette Sheridan plays, like, some sort of, like, uh, businesswoman. Because it's all, like, you have to have, like, one successful person either as the villain or as the main character. Yes. So she's she's going to be, like, the, uh, the Ebenezer Scrooge of sorts. She's going to be, like, some sort of uh, successful uh, businesswoman. But she's like ruthless and she's taking people for granted. And so she has bad. It's it's basically it's 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 a Christmas girl. She owns a local department store. Yeah, it's something where she's like a uh, just a mean person to people. She doesn't treat she treats her underlings uh, horribly. She has like a personal assistant that she treats like a slave. Uh, and but essentially she has like a, you know, like a bad dream and then she's visited by multiple spirits uh, maybe it doesn't necessarily say like Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. Maybe not, but there she's visited by by essentially ghosts, and the ghosts show her uh, how terrible it is that she's a bad person and how they're the people in her life are disadvantaged because of her actions. And she has a come, uh, you know, she has, she has a change of heart at the end of the film, 
uh, and she becomes a better person, just like Ebenezer Scrooge. That's what I'm saying, the Christmas spirit is. I don't think they're going uh, really clever here. I don't think Nicholas Sheridan uh, wrote a film that's, like, too deep. <laughs> I think it's just, like, a ripoff <laughs> of A Christmas Carol, but set where she's, like, you know, the girl boss, uh, and she she changes her ways at the end. And whoever... A high school musical person is... is uh, I guess one of the ghosts of the spirits. I don't know. I okay. don't know. All right. I have no idea who he is. I'm, but maybe. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna throw a twist because I guess High School Musical person is in this. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if he co-wrote it with her. But I'm gonna assume this is actually part musical. That there's like a there's some at least at least three song and dance numbers in this film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. What do you got? Okay, so I'm actually gonna stay in the same vein as Matt. So we're gonna say. Um, We'll say Nicole Sheridan is something or other. Um, I'll say head of the department store, and we'll say her parents recently passed away, and she is um, having to take over planning, like, the local bumfuck Midwest, um, like, whatever, like, the Christmas celebration is, like, the Christmas parade. And it is the travails of that. And then we'll say, um, was it Brett? What was his name? Brett Johnson? Bart Johnson? Bart. God, that sounds yeah, like Bart an AI Johnson. put that together. Um, yep. Can you get more <clears throat> generic? Okay, so we'll say Bart Johnson is, um, I don't know. He's too generic to really, like, place. We'll just say he's some other coordinator for it, and they fall in love, and blah, 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 blah. And it's all a success, and everyone's happy. <clears throat> we'll say she's right. also not like into Christmas, but she gets roped into having to do this despite not liking Christmas. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Here is no, your storyline synopsis. We can go for it. All right. Charlotte Hart, a distinguished journalist, is spending time with her family over the holidays when a real estate developer approaches their small town with quite an offer. Skeptical and looking for the real scoop, Charlotte drives to see what the real estate head honcho to see the real estate head honcho to question him. While she's en route, she gets into a terrible car accident and wakes up in the hospital, only to realize her body is in a coma, but her spirit is very much awake. She meets another spirit who just happens to be the greedy developer. It turns out he was the other on the other end of the accident, and he too is in a coma. With oh, only wow. days left before the town votes on the development, Charlotte must try and change the minds of the developer in the town. But that's no easy task when no one can see or hear her. Will her voice be heard? That's oh, the Christmas spirit. You know what's sad about this? <laughs> you know what's sad about this is Matt and I just like <laughs> guessing plot points to other movies. Like we both have touched on elements of this movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's not that deep. <laughs> like I, I hit on like the real, the real estate shit like twice. Matt did the the car wreck is really what got me. I'm like, oh my god, like if Matt had like waited a movie, this would have been dead on. Like I was just like, wow, Matt and I both hit on like elements of all of this stuff. Do you think they? So do you remember South Park and when Family Guy had to fire the manatees because? south park exposed the scam 
Do you think Hallmark just hired them afterwards and this is like what the the manatees do now as they make Hallmark movies all day? <clears throat> well, funny enough, I do have a um <clears throat> I do have a copy of a uh a Hallmark Christmas movie generator. And if we want to here in a bit, I'll uh I'll uh, uh, read it for you. I'll read some of the stuff I got out of it for you. But for the moment, we're doing real ones. No, I, I, I'm going to be afraid you're going to get something better out of your generator. <laughs> oh, Brad, you have way too much faith. <clears throat> All right. Um, so this one has a very short uh, synopsis to it. <clears throat> But it's got names you'll recognize. So this is a this is a movie called A Castle for Christmas, starring Brooke Shears and Brooke Shields and Carrie Elways. Jesus Christ! Like, when was this made? This came out. Carrie Elways. Carrie Yules, you mean? Yes, I'm sorry. I say his name all the time. Carrie Yules. Well, he he slunked it up in a. <laughs> I mean, Carrie Yules, Carrie Yules, I mean, Carrie Yules has pretty much always been willing to work if you offer him money. Because, I mean, he was in, like, an episode of Psych and stuff. So, I mean, he he's not, like, too he, good for He anything. has a good time. It, this came out in 2021. Holy and then shit, how old are both of them in that? I don't know, but fun they story. Gotta be, it's, this has got to be a Terry Hatcher, what's-his-face situation. they got to be at least, like, in their 50s. Yeah, probably. Um, no, they got, I mean... So, cool story. Cabbage. I he's always going to be Princess Bride to me. Yeah, cool story about him though. If you go to a convention that he's at, what he does is whenever you go through the line to go see him, he has a a curtained booth set up. So whenever you go in, it's set up that way so it's just you and him in that moment. You don't have like everybody staring at you. And he is super cool. And when I uh, when I met him. I said, look, I know this is kind of long, and I'm sorry that uh, if you're not willing to do this, it's okay. And he looked at it, and he said, okay, well, what's up? And what I had done is I had asked him to write my name, my wife's name, my oldest son's name, and my youngest son's name, and then write Live Happily Ever After, Carrie Yule's. My youngest son wasn't born yet, and I told him all this, and he looks at me and gives me this big grin, and he just writes the whole thing out right there. And he says, well, I hope you settled on the name because it looks like it's stuck, isn't it? And I said, I believe it is at this point. <laughs> but he's he's super cool guy. I'll, I'll save all the stories on that. But I have to say, though, I, <clears throat> I have a deep personal grudge against him because I can never forgive him for stealing Bill Paxson's um, design for, like, reading the inside <laughs> of tornadoes. Like, that was totally uncalled for, and he's never apologized for it either. <laughs> Well, to be fair, he did die in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God, um, uh, that's... Oh, go ahead. That, I, so, I once watched that with my wife. She'd never seen it, and she was very disturbed by my deep knowledge of it, and I told her, I said, look, this is a terrible movie, but I love it. Like, it is one of the best, like, dumbest movies ever, ever conceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could watch it. I could literally watch it every day and never get tired of its stupidity. 
wasn't Twister. it the first movie that was put out on DVD or something? It was one of the Twister? early ones. It was one of yeah. the early ones that really sold the medium. Okay. I knew it was something hey, like Br- that. Hey, Brad. Yeah. You should appreciate this joke. What's the, what's the category four? It's Finger of God. I think it was an F5 <laughs> is what she oh, had. F5? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's an I F5. The joke, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's such... Uh, what's his face? The guy... Who's the dude? Philip Seymour Hoffman, the yeah. guy who yeah. eventually died. He was yeah. Dusty, he's, I think his name was in that movie. He's yeah. like so, like... He's, so, he's such a, like, douche. <laughs> I, I actually don't like that movie at all, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love it. Wasn't for... that Michael Bay? Probably. Probably. We've got cows. So. Yeah. I, 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 I unironically love it. It, it would be... I'm never gonna say it's good. I don't but if you if you asked if you asked me like what um if you if you said like what's your personal favorite movies of all time that would probably be like top ten for me. Really, yes, I have made a I top five list on that. I but I go ahead. I I unironically love it. It's just so stupid and fun. Like I just I make no I make no like attempts to say it's good. It's just it's. If it if it, if I see it on like I I end up watching it just because it's so fun. Fair enough. All right. I remember it being like a massive success. Oh yeah, yeah, because it was like because it was one of those ones. Even though it's not good, like you had like I would still argue if you're younger and you can ever get the chance to see it in a movie theater, like with the sound and stuff, like it's it's really like different in the theater. Like it's a it's an experience. It's kind of like um, Independence Day in the theater was like an experience you had to like see at the time. Yeah, and also Universal Studios also had an attraction in the park that was Twister. So that was also fun. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so A Castle for Christmas, Carrie Yules and Brooke Shields. What do you guys got? Oh, man. Oh, and you know what the other funny, the other fun, like, thing that Carrie Yules is in that you would never think he's in is the Saw movies. Yes, he oh, is. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, a friend of the show, David Gonzalez, is a huge <laughs> Saw fan. Is I guess he? they just announced that they're making Saw, I think, 11. Uh, and they just, this past, like, I think October, put out Saw 10, which Damien did see, and he, I'm part of a group text him and, and other friend of the show christy petrillo yeah and he uh he was raving about it he said it was like it wasn't his favorite of the saw films but he said it was like a great film it was like a great entry in the franchise uh which i guess had kind of not had great entries of late but he felt it kind of brought things back so he's excited but i do think like the ending of saw have, have, i'm gonna spoil this film because this film's like 20 something years old yeah, but have you seen? Have we all seen Saw? I, I know what happens. Uh, I've seen it and I have no recollection of what happens in that movie whatsoever. Well, the final scene, it's like it, he does like the the trap, and it, it it doesn't become quite the torture porn, murder porn that it becomes. But uh, at the end, like Jigsaw, like it, Jigsaw throughout the entire film, because uh, one of the main leads is basically trapped. And you kind of see things through flashback, but there's like a, what purports to be a dead body next to him. And he's like chained to like uh, the wall, this like wall, um, I think like to a pipe next to a toilet or something. And to get out, he would have to like saw off his like 
limb or something. But point is like the ending, like the it's the plan of Jigsaw, the, the killer is revealed, then the body, the dead body stands up and you see like it's actually Jigsaw. He's been playing dead the entire time. And he like gets up and the main character is still chained to the wall and he knows that the only way he can get out before he dies. There's some sort of trap, I forget why, but there's some sort of trap that if he doesn't get out, he's going to die. Oh, you know what's funny? Uh, I thought that was the end of Hostel because they came out like at the exact same time. <laughs> they did. It saw obviously like took off because well, Hostel was cool. Hostel was too violent, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turned people off. But Jigsaw basically goes and he, like exits the door and like locks it behind him. But right before he does, he like looks over at the guy and goes like "Game over." And it's like you know you think that it's like oh this is like one of those hack lines that people do, but it's actually not hack. It's like the gravitas it's presented with and like the finality of it that you know like the main character knows like oh he's fucked like is amazing so i actually think that's like one of the coldest lines in recent uh film history like it's actually pretty good i think that based upon like socks i actually think the first one's really good the first one i I remember liking it it's not the first one's not uber violent as much as you'd think it is like i said hostel was really bad yeah, Hostel yeah. was so gory and intense that it turned people off. But yeah. the first Saw is really more about atmosphere and tension. Yeah. Um, also, I'm like, surprised they kept making them because I thought that that story had gone full, full circle. But yeah, it had a fan base and it makes money, so they kept doing it. He mm. also uh, starred with Dave Chappelle in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Mm. He did. He did. Absolutely, and I I, I love Men in Tights. That's a it's a it's a it's um it's a line around my house that gets used a lot. Like a a roll is a roll and a toll is a toll. If you don't pay no toll, then we don't eat no rolls. <laughs> I made that uh, up myself. Yeah, <laughs> I love Men in Tights. It it's one of the more I guess dated Mel Brooks references because of some of the the jokes he makes, but it's still so much fun to watch. All right, <clears throat> a castle for christmas what you guys got for me wow this uh, one's a tough one i'm, I'm just I'm go. i can't get over the brook shields and um carriole yeah are in this Yules. yeah Yules. uh uh so they're older that throws me off like if this was younger i'd probably change it but i'm gonna say Ah, man, it's tough. Uh, I'm going to say that Carrie Olds is actually like the prince of some sort of vague European country. Um, And Brooke Shields plays like uh, the American diplomat who is scheduled. Like she's sent over to negotiate some sort of treaty between America and this vague, undefined, uh, potentially fictitious European country. Uh, of which uh, Carrie Oles is the king. Um, and through their interactions together, uh, there is romance. And at the end of the film, uh, they fall in love and they uh, they kiss in the castle. And it's Christmas time. Somehow Christmas plays into it. Maybe she has to get uh, this treaty done by like the by by Christmas time, by the end of the new year uh, for it to go into effect. I don't, I don't know. I'm vague on those details, but that's what I'm saying. And that's how the castle plays in. Cause he's an actual like royalty. I'm mad that you that's, came that's up my, with that plot because that's, that's probably my, like the closest one. <laughs> that's my best guess. Um, all right. Shad, all right. what year did this come out? 2021. Okay. Cause I, I, I just, my wife has had that's, me like recording. So I was trying to make sure that this didn't come out this year because I wanted to know the plot. So we'll say that's, I'm also thrown off by that because if this was like, they came out like 
15 years ago that I, I would probably think differently, but I don't know. Like the, I, that's my best guess for the, the plot. Mm-hmm. I'm really defeated. I don't know how to like upend that plot. Like I'm trying to like rework it into something like different, but I, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't, I give up on that one. Cause Matt really, Matt really, I think nailed. That. Okay. You think, okay. You're not going to outpace Matt on that. All right. No, cause I'm trying to like take his pieces and put them like, around and change it i'm like it's not it's gonna it's not he's he's pretty i think he's like if, if he's not dead on then i don't know what it would be all right <clears throat> here you go very short synopsis the story follows a famed american author sophie who travels to scotland and finds herself wanting to buy a castle but the prickly owner a scottish duke named miles is reluctant to sell to a foreigner Working to find a compromise, the pair constantly butt heads, but along the way, they just may f- they just may find more than they bargained for. Matt, <laughs> a we castle need a for Christmas. We need to get that other one written up and get it copyrighted because they're gonna. If one of them listens to that, that movie's gonna come out in like two years. <laughs> I wasn't exactly correct, but it was. Uh, I bet it was Ford. Yeah, it was a foreign. You got the general tone. I bet you yeah. there's a. I bet you there's an exact movie of of that somewhere in this Hallmark catalog. Probably. All right. <clears throat> They're on two balls in that that tank. So. All right. Let's see. We're gonna get rid of this one because that's way too damn long. All right. Now we're gonna get uh another. Mm, let's see. Okay, so we're going to get more familiar faces. Here's the next one. <clears throat> it is called The Sweetest Christmas, starring Lacey Chabert okay. and Leah Coco. Who the hell is Leah Coco? I don't know. Wait, what was that? What was that? 2017 is when it came out. Okay, um, hold on. I, I'm going to have to spoil this one because I think my wife just watched this one. Okay. All right, then then don't guess for it. All right. Matt, I guess you got the swing at it. The Sweetest Christmas. Ah, Sweetest Christmas. Okay, uh, wait, hold on. Let me look this, let me look up something. I want to look up who the other actor, actress is. Who is it? Lee, what is it? Lee? L-E-A, and then his last name is C-O-C-O. C-O-C-O. Yeah. Lea shouldn't that be Lee like Leah? I look, man. He's known for being in <laughs> Sinister Two, J. Edgar, and Prison Break. I have no idea who this person is. I, I have not seen. I have not seen this one, but man, you're in for a trip with this one, Matt. Okay. Uh, I I can't be. I'm not going to be. Uh, persuaded by anything like I, i'm not gonna be spoiled i i'm just gonna come up with mine okay so take it literally matt take the name literally that's all I'm the gonna, the sweetest christmas so i'm gonna yep. guess okay i get small town i said a small town uh uh b- bumfuck missouri <laughs> or where you're still going with there. <laughs> someplace <laughs> midwest uh it always has to be someplace uh maybe potentially north maybe northeast actually maybe northeast it has to be a place that gets cold really cold and snowy uh and christmas so 
Uh, it's small town somewhere. What's that America. fucking town that um, Stephen King always uses? We should use that. Derry, Maine. Derry, Maine. <laughs> Pennywise the Clown is right around. Castle Rock. Yeah. Um, so it's Lazy somewhere Chabert there. got her arms eaten off in a sewer grate. Oh, God. Uh. Uh, so I'm going to guess that Lacey Chabert is, uh, runs like the uh, a confection store, like a bakery, something that does like sweets, like chocolates, uh, confectioner chocolates and pastries. And that uh, the Lee guy is uh, actually a big city investor and he's coming in and he wants to invest into the town. Uh, uh, but he's kind of predatory, wants to buy up some cheap real estate. Uh, and he's eyeing uh, the lease is coming up on the building that she has the store that she runs her store in. And he's looking into snatch up that real estate. And he has he's got to deal with the owner. Maybe the owner can be played by someone uh, kind of notable. Maybe it's like the the third most uh, notable person in some sort of long running TV show. Uh, I don't know who would I who would I choose? Uh, what, what TV show do we want to go with? Maybe like the dad in like Wonder Years or something. Is that guy still okay. alive? Whoever that guy's name is. Dead. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. You get, pick someone. Uh, uh, someone. I don't know. Uh, anyway, like she, she doesn't want uh, the building to be sold to this guy. It's kind of predatory, but they get to know each other. And by the end of the film, uh, they fall in love. He decides uh, that he is going to buy the the store like the building that she runs the store but he's going to allow her to continue and he's not going to charge her rent because he's fallen in love with her and uh you know they're they're going to pursue a relationship together he's not he's no longer predatory so that's the sweetest christmas they're taking it literally uh because she does confections and pastries and other uh sweets in, in her establishment that's the best i can do uh, i'm going yeah. you're doing pretty good yeah you're, um, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna be, they you're should gonna... hire me they i, I tell you how much <laughs> that speed dial. i can at least give them some oh, wait sure wait wait it, okay let's be honest for a second if hallmark contracted us to write a christmas movie it would be championship for christmas or something like that it's gonna be like well is he gonna go to his title match on christmas eve or is he gonna look elsewhere you know no shad not me i would actually go everything would be some sort of like reference to basically like old gods of appalachia oh god uh, i'm gonna every film has some sort of like undertone of eldritch eldritch abomination wow. secretly in play i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna, gonna go real dark money i'm gonna take that money and and finally get that um sequel to jack frost that everyone's been itching for <laughs> not the cute right. not the cutesy um not the cutesy one that everyone think, oh, thinks oh with of. bruce willis yeah the, the one oh with the snowman. that one yeah the one where the okay. snowman kills people all right <clears throat> here you go are you ready for the uh for the uh synopsis i'm gonna make a sequel to thanks killing <laughs> gobble <evil>. gobble motherfucker <laughs> all right here we go while struggling pastry chef Kylie Watson learns, ah, I feel, I feel somewhat vindicated. <laughs> learns she's made it to the finals of the American Gingerbread Competition, oh. she thinks her competitive spirit has finally paid off and hopes the publicity will help her jumpstart her new cafe. Hmm. There's just one problem. The oven she's supposed to use breaks down right before the contest. Determined right. to enter, she reaches out to Nick Manzanti, her old boyfriend from culinary school who gave up his dream of being a pastry chef to take over the family pizzeria. 
Nick allows her to use his industrial pizza oven at night to craft her ambitious gingerbread confections. As the two reminisce about the dreams of their youth, their romance is rekindled. But just as Kylie is on the cusp of taking the grand prize and embracing true love, things get complicated when her ex-boyfriend takes drastic steps to win her back. Kylie realizes she must embrace the Christmas spirit or risk losing both the contest and her new love. I think there's... I think there's a couple of sequels to Thanks Killing, Matt. Oh, okay. That synopsis is just... There was, like, I heard, I had someone tell me that there was a rash of movies in the the late 80s, early 90s that had no protagonist. It's like the main character's a young woman, and there's no protagonist, and she just does stuff. That's what it makes me think of. Anyway. I think the worst part is Lacey's done, like, so many of these. Like, I saw her in one, and it was not the one we we talked about. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all she does now, I think. They just did a sequel to the one I saw with my wife. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. She likes, um, (laughs) and she's pissed off they stopped making them. It's not, it's not Hallmark, it's Netflix. I think the Christmas Prince? Yeah. But those are actually, like, decent i think and they're they actually have some money behind them uh so and they just have I, like a progression like they meet in the first one then they get married in the second one and they have like a kid in the third one i think okay i i know i don't remember when the first one came out but i heard someone on the radio say apparently netflix pinpointed that there is someone who had that movie on loop continuously ever since it first dropped and i'm like why no idea. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. Next movie. Next movie. <clears throat> this one stars Danica McGeller and Rupert Penry Jones. I don't know who those people are. You know who Danica McGeller is. What's she in? She was uh, Winnie Cooper in The Wonder Years. Oh. Wow. She still acts? Yeah. Let me see. What else has she done? I know she wrote a couple of books, uh, like tutoring books for for young people doing math because she got a Ph.D. in mathematics. I thought she had, like, done a couple of, like, B-tier movies after Wonder Years and kind of it just disappeared. Uh, She was in – she had a role in Young Justice. She had, like, uh, a minor recurring role in West Wing one season. She was in something called Winter Palace. I don't know. Probably another. Oh, yeah, and she's just been doing a lot of Hallmark stuff since then. So oh. here's one she did called Christmas at Dollywood. Wonder what that one's about. You know what? You know what, though? I bet why they do these is probably because these are just like slapdash cheap productions. Like you get paid like 20 grand to show up for a week, do your stuff, and you're out in like a week. You just go through the churn and you're you're catering to a, a niche market so you know how well it's going to do because, I mean, it's it, that's the only people that are catering to that market, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, they probably just pump like, like 20 of these out a year. So you do four of those and, you know, you make some decent money for not a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, you can probably do all right with that. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Danica McGeller stars in a movie called 
Crown for Christmas. How old is she now? She's probably in her 40s. She's, yeah, she's in her mid to late, late 40s. Mid-late 40s, I'm pretty sure. So she's Danica... probably five-ish years older than me, if I had to guess, uh, based on Winnie Cooper and when I watched The Wonder Years. So I'd say mid-late 40s. So, okay, so it's her and who else? <laughs> um, Gavin makes something or other. Uh, his name is Rupert Penry Jones. Let's see what he was in. If he was in anything, I don't know. Like it, it, it kind of seems like British that, with a name like that. Yeah, he was in. Um, yeah, he's English. Uh, known for MI5, Match oh, Point, really? Four Feathers. Uh, let's see. Yeah, MI5, Four Feathers, Match Point, and Persuasion, which was a TV movie. So. And he w- he was the mayor in The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Mm. Let's see. So I haven't seen a lot of this. a lot of a lot of TV stuff too. A crown for Christmas, is what it's called, or all I want for Christmas is a crown. No, crown for Christmas is what it's called. Okay. Okay. Oh man. Well, so I feel like the plot. There's like royalty the plot. here. The plot that I just used for the... Are you going to do the salty run back on that one, Matt? Uh, okay, I, I, I'm just going to go. A Crown for Christmas. I, mean, I, I had to change it up. Damn. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Rupert, British guy, is also a king. of <laughs> So, A Crown for Christmas. He has to be a king. So, he's got to be a king. Um, I'm going mean, to guess he's... That's a good point, like, because she's got to be the... She's got to be the mundane American girl. Yes, so it's going to be – okay, so this is going to be I, – I am going to kind of run it back. So he's going to be like the king. But I'm going to say like not king of like some vague European country. I say he's going to be the king of England. Uh, and she – I'm not going to say like she's an American diplomat. I'm going to say maybe uh, – okay, I'm going to say that she is like the American um, like tutor or uh, – The au pair. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I don't. I want to. I don't want to say au pair. Oh no, because that would that that would that would be um. Like I don't want to say like his children are young. I'm gonna say he's widowed. I'm gonna say like the queen died. Well, uh, he could be like the, the au pair for like his grandkids. No, no, I don't want him to be too old. because oh, I don't think true. she's too old. Like if he's like sixty, that'd be like weird. And gross, well, no, but... she's like forty-eight though. I mean, sixties. Not well, really. nah, I'm going to say that they're roughly the same age. Like, he's, like, late 40s, early 50s. I mean, this you, guy. You, you can have grandkids in your early – I mean, I, I know people that are, like, in their mid-40s that have grandkids. So, I mean, that's not, like uh, – I think you mentioned Dave Batista. I think he had grandkids at, like, 40. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know people – yeah, so, I mean, I mean even if, he, if he's 51, I don't think – um I don't think grandkids – because, I mean, I even think, like, my parents had me later in life and my, my – um grandparents were like in their 50s when i was like late 50s when i was born so and i mean my my mom was like 30 when she had me so i mean it's not like i don't think that's that that out of bounds yeah but i'm gonna i'm not gonna go grandkids i i am gonna say like she's the american uh i i'm not gonna say au pair i am gonna say maybe like a tutor or some sort of like uh like scholastic person who is from America, but she's helping out like his, uh, his children who are, let's say like teenage 
years, but not too old that it's like they can just they're almost adults, maybe like 14. maybe like tweens, like yeah, early like they're like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Uh and the queen is widowed. Uh he's lonely. It's lonely being the king. Uh, you know, but he cares about his children, so that's why he got this person like Danica McKellar. And she's like really, really good at what she does, and she's like teaching them in some sort of field or something like that. And they have interactions, and there's like romance sparks. And then by the end of the film, uh, they decide like to pursue some sort of relationship. Uh, and the children, there's got to be like more than one, maybe like a boy and a girl to represent both. Uh, they're like supportive of this because they actually love her, uh, Dan and McKellar. They're they're very receptive to her. And somehow the theme of Christmas works into this maybe it's like set around the christmas time i don't know christmas is actually secondary to my plot here uh but it plays in somehow so that's my that's my best guess i'm kind of i'm i'm partially reworking uh my my previous thing i i like your i like your idea that uh, mr rupert is a is a king yes so he's gotta the, be i'm gonna crown for that. christmas someone's gotta be a, a king I'm going to I'm going to be a little too creative here and I'm actually going to turn the trope on its head and say like she's like something blue collar but from America like she's like I don't know works in the stable something like that and Mr. Rupert is like a lifelong bachelor and he's under you know pressure to finally settle down and get married but you know he just finds like those upper crust like royalty dukes and duchess type people boring you know and then they kind of strike up a friendship and uh fall in love and despite all the pressure from whatever his peers they fall in love and get married thus she gets a crown for christmas all right so guess what guys you did pretty good all right all right here we go <clears throat> Allie Evans is a maid for a ritzy uh, hotel in New York Damn who it, just lost said, her job for not getting a room prepared in time. She is hired by a man named Fergus, working for a hotel patron that over and overheard what happened, where he invites her to the European country of Winshire. Sorry, Matt. We're going with fake countries in this one. Oh, to work okay. to work as a governess for his employer. Oh, upon governess. Yes. Upon arrival... Oh. Allie discovers that Fergus' boss is King Maximilian mm. and meets his daughter, Theodora, ah, who has been terrorizing other authority figures since the untimely ad- death of her mother. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I'm the, close. Yes. <laughs> Real close. Allie bonds with Theodora while I getting acquainted. God, I, I did not look up this plot at all. <laughs> I just I, I feel like what is the most like I, all this is off the cuff. You went very sound of music with it, and so did they. Allie bonds with Theodora while getting acquainted with the other servants in Chancellor Riggs, and she learns that King Maximilian is scheduled to be wed to Countess Celia. And that's the that's the synopsis. So, wow, I feel like yeah. I came, like reasonably close. You did. You, I'd say you were like ninety percent of the way there. <laughs> you yeah, you did a great job. I swear to God, I, I honestly hand on a Bible, a stack of Bibles, like my mother's, my mother's soul. I, I did not look at the plot. I don't even watch these well, you know movies. You know what's crazy I, is you and I were, you and I were both kind of tapping around governess, and I think we were just. Yes. I think we, I, uh, I think we just like that was a little step too far out of like our cultural zeitgeist to like think yes. of it. Just the you the word was eluding you. I think. Yeah. I've heard you as my new governess. It's like, yes. 
I don't watch enough uh, Bridgerton. That's my wife. <laughs> <She's laughs> not making, familiar with the word. She's making. She's teaching the girl how to like walk with books on her head. Yep. All right. <clears throat> I got one more for you. Okay. All right. And I know how this one works because my wife likes this one. Okay. So this, we'll one, nice this one. Well, I'm I'm only slightly nice to it. <clears throat> this one stars. Uh, okay, so names in it you may recognize. It stars Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. Oh. Um. Also has Marky Post and Timothy Bottoms. This Why is Timothy Bottoms been a player. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Let me this look. is making me think we should um. We should come back and do this game at a later date and like strip the plots down, and we have to guess if it's a Hallmark movie or a Skinamax movie. <laughs> that, well, Brad, it's funny you say that because the name of this movie is Holiday in Handcuffs. <laughs> wow. Oh god. <laughs> All right, let's see what you got, guys. So there's no bondage in this, right? Not that I've seen. Okay, so um, Christmas in Handcuffs. A friend of the show, Justin, has got to be cackling right now. Well, so either someone's getting arrested or the love interest is a police officer. Or someone just, you know, retired. Well, how old's Marky Post? Is, did she just die? I don't know. What year was this, did this come out? This oh gosh, came out in 2006, so this is pretty old. I know Marky Post from Night Court, which I actually watched a lot of when I was a kid. Oh, she was the original defense. No, she was the original defense attorney, right? She was the only one. I think she yeah. was on that show yeah. from the beginning to the end. No, wait, the, the 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 defense attorney, like the woman, changed after like the first season or two. I think uh, she was one of the defense attorneys from night court. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Cause wow. There's a lot correct. of people like everyone from that show's dead. It's not that old. Cause Richard Mole just died. I think like all, but one of the bailiffs is dead. Harry Anderson. who played the judge. Yeah. Harry, I John, he died. I think John Lorquette's still alive. Is the, he's still alive. Don't I actually yeah. like John Lorquette. Is, he um, was, he was in the revival of it. Keep him, keep him around. Is <laughs> the guy that played Max still around? Uh, which one was Max? The, the, no, Mac, the, the black guy, his like, his like clerk. Oh, uh, yes. And then the one bailiff lady is Ross still alive. Or are they all dead? Oh, I feel like all of them are probably dead, right? She was the only one that was like halfway, like not old as dirt. Oh dirt. no, I'm looking it up. Uh, Marsha Warfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's still alive. Okay, because the other two ladies were like old. Uh, they were old, like when the show started. They yeah. both died. So there's like three. They died during the show. I'm pretty sure. No, the first one I think did, because they they changed it a couple times. Wow, so there's like two people left from that show. Uh, Max still alive. Uh, John Larroquette still alive. Richard Maul just died, like this year, right? Wow, but that show. Oh wow, he died like a like yeah, he did a month and a half ago. He, but that's crazy he to me. He was eighty. That's crazy to me though, because that show went into like the nineties. 
Yeah, it ran for like a long time. I remember. So as a kid, like, like I guess it's weird because nowadays, I guess, I mean, there are there are sitcoms, but I know like in the 80s and like the 90s, sitcoms were really like Big. a huge part of television. Yeah, they're really a thing. And I, as a kid, from like the late 80s, like the late from the late 80s to like the mid to I guess possibly late 90s, like I watched a lot of sitcoms, and then for some reason, like I got. It got to a period where I just got burnt out on sitcoms, and I just n- have never watched them when it again got in, like, to 25 like the, years. When it got to, like, the late 90s one, and, like, every wife was, like, a shrew, and, like... Yeah. It was, like, the fat guy dating the woman that's, like, ten times out of his league, and, like, he's too busy, mm. like, doing whatever to have sex with her. It's like, oh, my God, like, this is not believable. Like I yeah. hate it. I hate those shows. Yeah. Because it does so much damage to you, the general, like, perception of just being a dad mm. it's like this is this is awful yeah i i, I think uh my favorite part of night court though is there's a wily e. coyote uh cameo hmm. he gets wow. court ordered to leave the roadrunner alone and he's in it for like literally like one second it's just him reacting to being told to leave the bird alone <laughs> and then brent spiner is like a reoccurring character in it yes yes he is a recurring character he plays like a they're like hillbillies. Yeah, like hillbilly, yeah. Because there's like one where there's like, they have like a, they're like, they had like something of money and Dan's like, oh, that's cute. Is there $200 in Necco wafers? He's like, no, there's $200,000. We ate the Necco wafers. <laughs> and he's like freaking out because it's just like filled to the brim with money. Mm-hmm. And then Meltzer right. May was on it. Like that, lo- I, I haven't watched that in a long time, but like it's never gotten like a proper DVD release or anything. And it's sad. All right. <clears throat> okay. Incidentally, guys, I went with this one, this particular movie, because my wife has watched it. I could have gone with <clears throat> 12 Dates of Christmas featuring Amy Smart and Mark Paul Gossler. I could have gone with Snow featuring Wait, Tom is... Cavanaugh and Ashley Williams or Snow Globe with Christina Milan. Is Amy Smart the love interest in Road Trip? She was in Rat Race. Okay. But when Why Road Trip, that? no, Michelle Trachtenberg was in. No, that's Road, Euro Trip. We're that's talking, Euro Trip. We're talking about the Tom Green one. I think she was. I don't remember. Like the girl he. Amy Smart was like I feel yeah. probably in like the aughts, like a. She was thing. like the it girl from like 1999 to 2001. All right, here I'm. I'm going to. What? She oh, she in... was a pilot cadet in Starship Troopers. She was in. Rat I don't Ranks. remember that. She Frank. was in Road Trip. She's in Road Trip and Varsity Blues. Yes, she was in Varsity mm-hmm. Blues. Um. And she had a recurring role on Felicity. So, like I said, she was like the it girl from like. She also had a guest role on Scrubs that ran for a little bit. She was in Rat Race, Crank, and Just Friends. Um, That's like a quietly good career, honestly. Yeah. And she had a uh, a guest spot on Justified, too. So, so the, <clears throat> anyway. So Christy Petrillo obviously has this on DVD somewhere. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably Blu-ray. If this not VHS. Blu-ray. If not VHS. All right. Holiday in Handcuffs starring Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. What do you got for me? 
that's so such a that's Mario such Lopez a, and Melissa Joan Hart. That's such yep. a weird fun fact. Melissa Joan Hart got blocked by Kevin Owens on Twitter. What? Why? Because <laughs> she's like an Uber fan and she's like mean to some of them. <laughs> she's like an Uber fan and like I, I think she's a bit obnoxious sometimes. That's pretty funny. Because her and like Macaulay Culkin are like mega oh, yeah. into it. When uh, when that the YouTube video wrestling isn't wrestling came out, they asked the guy that made it. They're like, hey, you know, did you come across anybody who's a bigger fan than you? And he was like Macaulay Culkin, hands down. No question. So. All right. <clears throat> um, so this is a really like this is Ooh. like childhood stars I, like I, colliding. I, yeah. I started uh, to kind of uh, sidetrack, but I uh, I cringe when you say wrestling isn't wrestling. Yeah, uh, I know shad yeah because yeah it was done by max landis who yeah. uh I, I intentionally did not invoke his name yeah uh, and that his career uh basically crashed because you know he has a lot of rape allegations thrown at him mm-hmm. so, you mean a hollywood yeah. director having rape allegations like yeah um, i'm shocked yeah anyway next yeah. thing you're gonna tell me is Britt baker is some sort of dentist what i know they would tell she us never, if that was she the never case. mentions it. So. I know. <laughs> um, so They'd I'm gonna guess. Us. I'm gonna guess Mario Lopez is a cop. Okay. Can we? Can we? Since they both came up in a short period of time, I want to. And Christy Petrillo would argue with me vehemently, but I would argue Mario Lopez has had the best post Saved by the Bell career of all. Oh, of hands down. Like I don't even think it's questionable. The only person I think that would give him any kind of run for it would be Tiffany Thiessen. I think he wins though because he was a staple of daytime TV for like a decade plus. And oh yeah, doesn't he have like his own talk show now or something? I think so. He's at some point he did. I don't know if he still has it. He's had a lot of stuff. like in Britain, I know it's a big thing to be a uh, what they call like a television presenter or something. You you're oh, yeah. almost like the MC of various things. Like he kind of has like that gig too. Like he's he's been on like a ton of stuff where he's like the host of the show or he's like the host of an award show or something. Like he's he's always doing stuff like forever. He's like a less successful but also far less irritating ryan seacrest but he actually has yes. talent unlike ryan seacrest he's yeah. more personable i feel like than ryan seacrest like he's more like and if i say that i mean like he's almost like likable he has a soul yes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i once i once so ryan seacrest has a radio show and for some reason a radio station like syndicated it here for a while and I literally almost crashed my car once because, like, someone turned it on and, like, I almost fell asleep from boredom in, like, the first two seconds. Like, I don't understand how that guy gets work because he has no personality. I think that's the point is that he doesn't um, – he his personality doesn't imprint or overshadow anything. And I don't get why he gets work, though, because, like, if you look at – like, he took over American Top 40 from Casey Kasem and now um, – the Casey Kasem top 40s are like more marketable and probably do better radio ratings. And I bet he has um, Dick Clark's old New Year's show. I bet if you put reruns of, of Dick Clark against him on New Year's Eve, they would do better ratings than him. He's just such a nothing. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so 
So Mario Lopez I feel like, is a cop. I feel like you guys are stalling, so go for it. Uh, I well, I want to say, well, before we move on, Mario Lopez did star in, in 2019. Oh, sorry, 2020. A Recipe for Seduction, oh. which is the infamous uh, film where he plays <laughs> Sanders. Sanders. And it's some sort of, like, uh, romance <laughs> softcore. It's, like, it's like 20 minutes long. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes. It's like it was obviously done tongue in cheek, but he plays like you know sexy uh, Colonel Sanders oh <laughs> of gosh. Kentucky Fried Chicken fame. Yeah, yeah, he does. That I might have to look that up now. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'm gonna say he's a cop. Okay. I will say. Okay, so obviously Melissa Joan Hart's the love interest. Because mm. you can't have them. You can't have like. You can't have two like. <clears throat> icons of like Gen Xers and like older millennials childhoods and not like do the romance angle with the two of them. Okay. Like I feel like I feel like getting the two of them in a movie is probably like a real get for Hallmark. So Okay. Um, so uh, so so how does his him being a cop play into this? Because I don't think they'd make Melissa Joan Hart a criminal. That's a little too risque for Hallmark. Hmm. But someone ends up in handcuffs, so she has to get arrested. Okay, I'm going to invoke the rec center thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, you <We'll> <laughs> So we'll say there's a greedy land Dang. developer and Dice. like, <laughs> and we'll, so we'll say we'll say Mario Lopez is still a cop. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I need to I need to um, tell you guys something. This is actually an ABC Family movie. That's cheap. this is not Hallmark. Okay. I, I didn't realize that. Okay, so we'll say the rec center is still getting closed down. Um, okay. And she protests somehow, and um then he has to arrest her and somehow that leads to them falling in love. And we'll say the rec center is owned by, was Marky Post in this one or am I like starting to like, are these things? No, she's, she's in it. Okay. Uh, she yes. Owns, she's she in this one. The, the rec center and Melissa Joan Hart's helping her out. We'll say Melissa Joan Hart's like, we'll say she is like a big city, like news, like, you know, news anchor coming back to town for Christmas. So we'll keep the we'll keep the themes alive here. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I can't steal from that, but I feel like that's that's probably close to what it is. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. The problem with the plot is I don't know how to. I don't know how else to arrest her in a milk toast like production line movie for mm -hmm. Christmas. Like I don't. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna like. I I'm gonna have to flip this. So <clears throat> I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna have her be the cop. She's the cop. Ooh, I like that. Um, I like you. I like you taking creative <clears throat> risks here. Uh, she's the cop. Um, uh, she's the cop of like small town. Uh, and he is not like a, a criminal, a bad guy, but he he does some like he. Ah, uh, man, I'm trying to think. 
maybe he's like trying to reach his family. What if he what if he owns like a soup kitchen and he's covering up for something like some homeless guy did? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, that's clever. But I'm not I'm not gonna do Too that. Clever for uh, this. Uh, maybe he's like okay. Maybe he's like uh, he's divorced from his wife, but he has a daughter, like a young daughter, and he wants to make it there. But uh, he like somehow there's some there's some okay. So there's some like confusion where he like he he he's got caught up. He got caught up at work or something. Uh, he doesn't necessarily live in the small town, but he's traveling through this small town and his like. He's trying to make it home to his daughter. Uh, his wife's kind of like mean, Ooh, does he, but he's does trying he to make it home to, for like, his daughter. Does he? Does he decide to travel with John Candy? <laughs> no, but he um, <laughs> he's trying to go. And there's uh, maybe he like he's trying to get her like uh his his young daughter like a gift, and he thinks he pays. Like he he actually like goes to the store, and. He, like, puts money down to buy, like, I don't know, like a stuffed animal, like a bear or something like that, like a gift for his daughter. And he puts the money down, but it's, like, I don't know, this wind or something like that. The, the money gets, like, stolen or something, but he's in a hurry, so he, like, leaves, and the cat, the uh, the cashier thinks that he stole it. You know, he put the money down. Like, so he's he's not really a bad guy. But they think he's, like, a thief, so he's, like, but he's on a, he's in a hurry, so he, like, just gets in his car and goes. And listen to Joan Hart, the cop, uh, thinks he's, like, a... Uh, you know, like a thief, so she starts chasing him. So he's trying to make it home to his like uh, his young daughter, uh, and he's in a hurry. She keeps pursuing him, and there's like wacky hijinks. Uh, she she arrests him, but he's like, I have to make it home to my daughter. It's a big misunderstanding. Like she doesn't believe him, but he's trying to reach it home. So he like breaks out of jail. Wacky hijinks ensue. She pursues him. Uh, then somehow it's disclosed that he actually did pay. It just was a big misunderstanding, and she uh, they somehow fall <laughs> they somehow fall in love. Uh, uh, that's always the, the the theme, right? Like they fall in love at the end of the film. Uh, that's how I'm guessing it ends. Uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm, I'm I I don't know. I feel Brad actually is probably close. Uh, I'm just trying to flip it to not not copy what he did. It's hard when it's hard when like that happened to me with your one. I was like, God damn it, I can't like I can't hmm. like rework that into something that's different enough <clears throat> all right so guys i hate to break it to you you are way off base here oh boo <clears throat> would-be painter trudy chandler loses her waitress job and boyfriend nick on christmas eve so her only shot to avoid feeling like the family's black sheep is to replace their ideal son-in-law with an even hunkier dream prince, David Martin, by kidnapping him at gunpoint and dragging him to her family's holiday in what a secluded, luxurious catwalk cabin. Crazy lies prevent David from convincing the family that he's not Nick and from escaping. When he finally places a rescue call to his spoiled fiance, David decides to play the perfect catch to make her undoing even worse. But before the police arrive to rescue him, he and the family realize they adore each other, and the others prove imperfect, and David and Trudy reassess their relationship after getting to know each other. Hey, honey, Stockholm Syndrome, the Christmas movie. How did you meet your significant other? Well, she kidnapped me at gunpoint. Yep. Wow. <laughs> that did That's, not go uh, where I thought. And this is your wife's favorite? 
I did not say that. She likes it. Her favorite is a Christmas story. Sh- and Shad, are you, are you being held like against your will? Like tap the microphone twice for yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I am very happy in my relationship. There is not a gun in my face right now. No. I am perfectly. What, what's the next card say? I am perfectly <laughs> happy. <laughs> <clears throat> there are no cards in front of my face right now. Wow, but yes, this. That's kind of dark. <laughs> Isn't it just? What kind of gun does she pull on him? Uh, <clears throat> she steals an antique flintlock, but she what? doesn't let him see it. She just puts it in his back and walks oh him out the God. door with it. I was about it. to say she pulled like a desert eagle or something like stupid. <laughs> like that would. You mean wow. people that make Christmas movies don't know about guns kind of thing? Yeah. I like that meme about what the media thinks is an AK-47 and one of them is a car. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here. I'll, I'll finish it off with this. I've, I've got three three things that I created out of the, the Hallmark movie generator, Hallmark Christmas movie generator, if you is, guys want to hear them. Is Mario Slater the guy she abducts then? Yes, yes. Okay. Mario Lopez is the Mario guy. Lopez. And then Mario Slater. And then Marky Post is <laughs> the, Marky Post is her mom. Yeah. That's actually not bad casting uh, for yeah. Melissa Joan okay, Hart's mom. It, I assume I assume that the other guy is like her dad. Yeah. Okay. It, it's yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so I got these from running through a Hallmark Christmas movie generator I found. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna read the uh I'm going to read the the synopsis, and then I'm going to give you the title I gave to it, okay? A dorky female publisher is unhappy because she is so overworked she's missing out on her favorite season of the year. Everything changes when she meets a funny man responsible for her current situation while they're both at the airport. Through crazy circumstances and a little help from a special child, she discovers that sometimes the life you always dreamed of isn't what you truly needed – this year from Hallmark, I'm booked for Christmas. Hmm. It's what I, I used a random number generator. This is what it spit out. All the manatees do good work. <laughs> All right. I'm not booked, Terry. I'm, <laughs> I'm not booked on the card. All right, all right. Yeah, I've only got two more, and then I'll be done with this. I feel um, bad that Dennis Stamp died when he did. He could have made yeah. so much money on the convention circuit. He really yeah. could, yeah. <clears throat> a feisty female veterinarian <laughs> is unhappy because her beloved local inn is soon to be no more. Everything changes when she meets a cute businessman with a tragic past that causes him to dread the holidays, while they're both involved in a funny catastrophe while holiday shopping in the toy department. Though crazy cir- through crazy circumstances and a little help from a mysterious bearded stranger with a twinkle in his eye, she discovers that success is only success if you're happy. Coming from Hallmark, no room at the inn. Well, Shad, um, we just got to cease and desist on that one, so that might be a real movie. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Last one. Last one. <clears throat> a hardworking female artist is unhappy because she was given a puppy she does not want. Everything changes when she meets a blundering family man whose two kids are still with two kids and they're all still mourning his recently deceased wife while they're fighting over the same item at a department store. 
Through crazy circumstances and with a little help from a snarky elf assigned to her case by Santa himself, she discovers the love and Christmas joy the right person can bring. From Hallmark, comfort and joy. Wasn't that an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> Jingle all the way. Yeah. <laughs> who was the that other? Movie who is did, hysterical. And was, Paul White is in Jingle All the Way. He's the seven foot tall beefy Santa. Was he even wrestling at that point? Yeah. Yeah. He was in WCW. When did Jingle All the Way come out? I'm thinking that must be older than late nineties. Okay. Who was who was the co star in in that? Phil Hartman. Oh. Wasn't Jingle All the Way, well, Sinbad, too? Wasn't Sinbad? Yeah, Sinbad was in it, and Phil Hartman was in it, and that was Jake Lloyd's first movie, which, unfortunately, he went on to play Anakin Skywalker, and I say unfortunately because the Star Wars fandom was horrible to him. I think um, my favorite Paul White, like, in a movie thing is him, like, I don't remember what his character name was, but um, in The Waterboy. Captain Insano. Yeah, Captain Insano. That was my favorite role he did. <laughs> well, I had that, that great acting job he did when um he was at his dad's funeral and like a cop <laughs> stole the casket with him <laughs> attached to it. God, that feud is so weird when you go back and watch well, it. And that's coming off of him killing Al Snow's dog and feet. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the boss man is sitting with Big Show's quote unquote mom and saying, oh, he it wasn't really your dad's son, was it? And she starts crying. No. And it's boss man turning to the camera and going, you're, you're a big, bas- bas- big, big bastard. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, he was I, I, I he was so cartoonishly evil in that. Like, it's hilarious. But. I don't think I think that hurt Big Show long term. Yeah, it's kind of hard to take him seriously after that. Yeah, especially after the, the him dragging the casket with him like <laughs> riding oh, on yeah. the top yeah. of it. No, he was dra- He was like, oh yeah, he was on the top of it. I thought he was like getting drugged behind it, but no, you're right. He was on the top. Oh my god. He might have gotten drugged behind it later, I guess. But I post the gif when I want a laugh when I'm. That's my, I'm feeling down. I want to laugh. I looked that <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Well, guys, you, uh, you were pretty close with a lot of those. And then some of them were just way out of left field, but you did a pretty good job on predictions there. I hate when you're sitting there thinking that you're like, no, that's too creative. I can't go that route. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Oh, well, I think that'll about do us for this episode. Was there anything else uh, we wanted to say or do before we wrapped for this? No. I'm I sure. don't know if I should take it as a good thing or a bad thing that I got pretty close on a couple of these. You got uh, spot uh, on on one of them too. I, so. uh, I I will uh, <laughs> if they want to hire me as a consultant or just to pitch <laughs> ideas for them for films, like I'm down. <laughs> Let's get on some of that sweet Hallmark money. <clears throat> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this interesting Yuletide episode. Um, I hope everybody out there is having you know a decent season i know it's a hard time of year for a lot of people and um 
you know, please take care of yourselves. We appreciate you listening with us. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time.